everybody, and welcome to the 42nd episode of the Foundation First Fitness Show. I'm joined again by Mark Cesari. He was with us on last episode. If you did not check that out, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's probably one of the best episodes we've done so far, and I'm going to link it right up there or right up here, somewhere like that, uh, and you guys can just click that. Head back there, watch that before you watch this episode because this ties in really well with last episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about that. So, Mark, thank you for joining us again. Always a pleasure to be here. And uh, let's just kick things off. Last time you spoke about pelvic stability, it was something you brought up, and I thought it was really interesting. I really felt like that was some, there was something that you were talking about there that really kind of resonated with me, you know, ties in a lot with what I do with my guys and uh, my clients. And I really think it's important for everyone out there to listen because I know I preach it all the time, but oftentimes, you know, when I'm constantly saying something, sometimes it's good to have some outside opinion on it, maybe give a little bit of a a fresh look on that. So uh, last time we spoke about pelvic stability and stabilizing the pelvis and all the kind of nuances and not nuances, but what it could actually do and how it helps you out. So what do you think is the most important thing with stabilizing the pelvis? What is the main goal with that? I think the main goal, to be honest with you, is well. First, thanks for pestering me into another episode here. But <laughs> I think the main the main goal with it is is flexibility. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the one of the biggest complaints you hear from anybody, whether it's an athlete or just an average Joe, is I'm tight, I'm stiff, mm-hmm. I got to stretch. That's probably not the answer. You know, if you have tight hamstrings, it's probably just because they're weak. Mm-hmm. It's probably because your hamstrings are trying to hold on to a pelvis that isn't stable. Mm-hmm. So that seems real simple, just strengthen the hamstrings. Mm-hmm. But if your hamstrings are in a position where they're at a disadvantage, I use the mechanical disadvantage all the time, right. they can't stabilize the pelvis. They can't help. So they have to be tight because they're not strong. And I'll, I'll break it down for those at home right now. If I take my bicep and I'm in a full stretch and you ask me to do a bicep curl from this position, I could do it with 30 pounds, 40 pounds. But if you put 60 pounds in my arm, this can be pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. If I bend at 90 and I take that 60 pound dumbbell, I might be able to bring it the rest of the way. Okay, why? Because now my bicep is engaged and it's at a mechanical advantage. It's no longer at its furthest point. It's no longer on a stretch. It's shortened and it wants to work. Mm -hmm. Now let's bring that back to the pelvis. If my pelvis is tilted forward and my hamstrings are in a huge stretch, I feel like my hamstrings are tight and they're now in this position at a disadvantage, I got to find a way to put them at a position where they are now at a mechanical advantage and want to work. They want to be here. That's the challenge. And that's where we get into hip stabilization because the weakness side of it is causing the inflexibility that might never even be present. Because I could lie someone down, put them in a 90-90, or lie them down and do a a hamstring stretch. Mm -hmm. Stretch them all you want. They're flexible. They get to 90 degrees. Absolutely. So maybe you don't have tight hamstrings. Maybe you have weak hamstrings or an unstable pelvis. Maybe your hamstrings are super strong. They're just not in a position where they want to work. So, you know, I I know that's a long-winded question. I could probably talk the whole episode on this point. Um, 
but I'm going to, I'm going to take a break in it so that can sink into everybody kind of listening at home and, and kind of let's bring that into the next phase of it of now what, how do we build stability at the hip? Um, and I, man, I'd love to hear your talk more about it, to be honest. I mean, you're doing this every day with the general population, with athletes of all ages. Um, I'm stuck with such a small sample size, but correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the hip stabilization part is, is, is a lack of awareness. Yeah, it really is. You know, most of the time I deal with a lot of my clients, and for those of you who are out there watching who have worked with me at some point, you guys know better than anybody else. You know, when we did TVA stuff with you guys and I did that first, get your TVA to contract, it was, I don't know what's going on. And it's more just an awareness thing to understand how do I get that to contract so that it's setting me up for everything else. And it's not the, oh, my hamstring's tight anymore. Oh, it's, oh, this is actually what's happening. Because I don't really don't think I've ever given, I'm trying to think, remember last time I gave someone like stretch before... I was like, we got to make sure that if this flexibility again, it's a flexibility issue, we're just going, we're just going in circles. Right. And we're not helping our, our clients. Absolutely. And I think that's the most important thing. If our clients aren't getting results, they're going to lose trust in us. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that in the best way that we know possible. And that's through anatomy. We know the anatomy is not going to lie. We know biomechanics is not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Let's build up that foundation and slowly create a pelvis that is going to be stable and therefore mobile not mobile and therefore stable we need a stable pelvis in order to create mobility okay and what do you think the biggest problem is that's causing this lack of awareness lack of pelvic stability is there something that you think that's in the everyday routine that's leading someone into this kind of path um i think if you asked you know any physical therapist, athletic trainer, athletic therapist for that matter, uh, strength conditioning coach, that exact same answer, everybody's going to give you, or that exact same question, everybody's going to give you the same answer. So I'm going to give you something completely different. Their answer would be sitting, society, sitting in a chair, driving, lying in a bed. That's why you have a poor pelvis. And they're right. 100%. 100%. But I'm not going to bore you with that because you can read about that on the internet all over the place. I've listened to every single one of my episodes. <laughs> and, and they're all right. But for, you know, I've hit it. I've hit it all with my guys. We know that hockey and hips are so closely related and such a big issue. Oh, yeah. And I still do it. But I'm going to say that shoes are the issue. We're going there. We're going there. We're going. It's it's. I it's, was trying to see how long I can go without you bringing up it was, shoes. It, I'm bringing it up because this is a new thing for us. I think we're both kind of. I think we're both deep in that rabbit hole now of the shoes and barefoot training. I think it's kind of. And I want to. I want to be clear because uh, you know I don't train barefoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't make my athletes train barefoot. That being said, there's something to be said about shoes and how it affects society. Right. Right. And I always bring up my son when I talk about this. And just earlier today, I was having a conversation why toe spreaders are so important. But if you look at someone's feet yeah. and you look at their, if you look at their, their toes and then you look at their, you know, and TP joints and you look at where their metatarsals are and you're like, wait a minute, why are my metatarsals this far apart and then my toes 
are this far apart. And if you look at that, they're triangulating. It's right everything's middle. triangulating to the middle, just like our shoes. Yeah. Fashion is now everything is pointed, everything is coming in. Oh, yeah. Women in high heels. All right, everything is coming dead in, and what that's basically doing is it is completely removing our foot from the stabilization pattern, which is a problem because we do not sit for a living, we walk, or at least we're supposed to walk. So every time we now strike the ground, we're not getting the same stabilization from our foot coming up through into the pelvis. Mm-hmm. If you look at knee injuries, if you look at pelvis, if you look at foot injuries, we can't take the foot for granted, which we have done. I've literally, literally heard stories of doctors telling their clients or their patients to wear shoes in the shower to add stabilization to their foot. Now, if you have something in the foot, and correct me if I'm wrong, all right, and I can't take credit for this because this is a lot of uh, a, a lot of friend of mine, Nick St. Louis, is talking big time about this. Mm-hmm. But if you look at in if you look at the foot and you have 33 bones in your foot, I don't think that's supposed to be something that is gonna be weak, mm-hmm. right? That is building a structure that we can have a lot of strength. The ligaments that you have in your foot, the muscles that you have in your foot. An arch, we know an arch is supposed to be a strong structure. However, we're breaking it down. And then when it gets broken down, we're adding support to stabilize it. Something that is already supposed to stabilize us. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get really, really interested in all this is, all right, well, where are we going wrong here? Is it the sitting that's causing us this problem? Yes. But what about the feet? And what about the things that we choose that we would never think would affect us, but style and and your preference in shoes could really affect your low back, your hips, Mm -hmm. your quality of life? I I just think it's super interesting, and I think it can't go unnoticed. Yeah, I think it's something that, you know, I I mean, I haven't mentioned it at all because I knew this was going to be one of the talking points that I really wanted to go over with you because I thought you probably had way more understanding of this but it's something that you know people that have been oh probably over the last six months now has been something six months two years been something i've really been starting to push a lot of my clients on i got one of my clients on toe spreaders uh just the other day so and she actually came in and i'm, I'm gonna bring this up but she's totally cool with, i mean she just came in talking about back pain stuff like that and i was like and and foot pain she's like i've always had foot pain stuff like that i'm like all right well let's try to release the bottom of your foot Let's try to get some movement. Let's try to get some structure. And then from there, let's see what we can do. We can get some toe spreaders because I saw our toes were just kind of collapsing and kind of colliding into each other. I'm like, maybe you should spread those out. And literally within one week, she saw a night and day difference. Actually, I wouldn't even say one week. It was literally after the session we did of just doing some stuff on the ground with her foot and understanding it. Literally, she was like, this is the least it's hurt in 20 years which is insane to think about, but it's something that if you start paying attention to it, you almost go, whoa, hold on a second. I'm actually, I actually do have a lot of soreness in my foot and well, my feet are looking like that. And it's something you draw your attention to because we think it's normal because it's being done all around us. Right. 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 So how long did she last in those toe spreaders the first time she put them on? 
I have no, I have a, she, she hasn't gotten them yet. Okay. But she ordered them two days ago, which I'm worried. I, I Love haven't mentioned to it see that. But I think I might, I think I should just let her know that it might be a little bit shorter than she thinks it's going to be. You know, I, I've tried to, I use them all the time. I use them on, yeah, yeah, I use so them on the way here. Yeah, right. I use them on the way here. It's a perfect opportunity to kind of put your feet up and, and, and spread your toes. I know it sounds funny and people look at me like I'm crazy, but the first time I put them on, I was kind of a little weary. I didn't know what to expect. Got really used to them. Took me a little bit of time. You got to build build your tolerance up. Um, went away for a couple of weeks. Forgot them. I was like, ah, it's all right. I'll be okay. I I wear pretty good shoes, and by good shoes, I mean they're not too pointy. They're not too slanted. There's not too much of a heel. First time I put them on when I got back, full cramp. Just my toe yeah. just went, my full, my right foot just went into a full cramp. And I slowly had to build it back up, you know, to where I could sleep. I sleep with them at night and slowly really? could build them back up to sleep all night. Why do you yeah. sleep with them on just the chance that you have to just wear them? Yeah, that's, you know, they say that, you know, if the more you wear them, the more they counterbalance the effect of bad shoes. So okay. if you... So it's not like get rid of the shoes. It's like just try to build up your tolerance for them? Well, well I mean, try I, to yeah, I think you got to reduce the time. But if you're a woman working in, uh, you know, a, a pro- very professional setting, you're going to want to wear a fancy shoe. And I can understand mm-hmm. that. And we're not asking our clients to totally change their lifestyle or their closet full of shoes for that matter. But you need to be able to take that away and say all right i was in them for three hours i got to spread for three hours mm-hmm. you know and, and just kind of you just got to be conscious of it you got to be conscious of it right what do you think someone can do what are the three things you think that someone can do to kind of help with that pelvic stability i mean i know you're talking about the, sh- the foot and just the foot but is there three things that you would say maybe including the foot that you would do um <laughs> get a lacrosse ball that's the first thing I would say. Invest in a lacrosse ball. They're three, four. Not much of an investment. They're, they're three, four dollars. Yeah. Get one. Keep it next to your bed at home and roll out that foot. You know, 60, 90 seconds each side. You're going to notice a huge difference. Right. I don't know if you've ever put, you know, I know you have, but a lot of people have never actually felt the pain of the it's musculature under the foot. foot. Until they do it once, then they're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, I, I got my mom on it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's someone that's dealt with a lot of hip and back pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to find new ways to stabilize her pelvis because like most people, my mother doesn't like to listen and do the three exercises I give her for every day. It's um, hilarious because she literally came to see my sister. My sister's like, all right, we're just going to do whatever Mark said to do. I'm just going to tell yeah. you to do that. Yeah, yeah. My mom is uh, pretty interesting like that. So essentially what I did, so number one is lacrosse ball. Gave her a lacrosse ball, said, hey, I want you to roll your feet. And she had really bad plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. Um, doctor says, let's put an orthotic. I said, no, let's take that orthotic off. No more shoes in the house. And slowly, let's be barefoot when we can be barefoot. All right, so that's number two. So one, lacrosse ball. Two, be barefoot when you can be barefoot, as long as it doesn't cause you pain. If you are completely used to wearing shoes in the house, you can't take them off and be barefoot around the house. You're going to suffer the consequences. However, build up your tolerance. I'm going to wear, I won't wear shoes for 20 minutes every hour. That next day, hmm, I still feel pretty good. Let's up that to every half hour per hour to the point where, I'm an hour on, I'm an hour off. 
until you can literally spend the eight hours or nine hours that you are up and around your home without wearing any shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, shoes are only supposed to protect our feet from the elements. That's it. You don't need this much cushioning for that. No. You know, no. you you really Nothing's don't. You, you really do, you this. you really don't. Um, so that's number two. Uh, number three. The the easiest thing to do at home is go get a, a two by four, piece of two by four, lay it on your floor. I don't care where it is. And I want you to walk back and forth, heel to toe, on that two by four. It's a lot harder than you actually think. Yeah. Okay. But you're creating hip stability through balance and it's a it's it seems like such a simple concept but dude i've been doing this a long time so have you when have we ever attacked hip stability through the foot through the foot it's a totally different way of looking at it right like we're always let's stabilize the hip let's stabilize the hip let's stabilize the hip yeah and everything else will figure itself out right so um and we had some great success with it, but I've been using this a lot, and I really think that this is is going to change the way people look at it. So, um, lacrosse ball, mm-hmm. barefoot when possible, if possible, and uh, some light balance work with a two by four, um, just laid across your uh, floor. Yeah, three simple things that I think everyone can easily do. There's no. There's nothing fancy, and and like you said, like there's really not much technique. I mean, you don't need any technique for walking barefoot. Rolling a ball underneath your foot, you don't need technique. Bouncing on a board, I mean, there's no real technique. You just got to do it, right? There's no like... And you might fall. You're not falling, but you might step off of it, and that's okay. It's part of the process. It is part of the process. Spend five minutes Mm -hmm. going back and forth. If you fall or you step off 15, 20 times, that's okay. This is a daily thing. This is a daily thing. Um... Especially with the barefoot and lacrosse ball, the beam you could do every couple of days. Um, and if I could add a fourth to that third, would Go be invest in a pair of toe spreaders. And s- just like being barefoot, take your time. Start with a slow amount of time. I've seen people go through full cramps, like myself. I've seen people lose feeling in their toes. I've seen people lose circulation in their toes. It's just a totally different thing. It is a totally different thing that the body is so clueless on that you just have to re engineer that and if you look at my son's foot all right he's got chunky little feet but his widest point is his toes yeah and that i think is what we're missing it's funny because you look at a lot of basic anatomy books and they just literally put the foot out and it's literally just toes out wide and everything else comes in narrow right to the heel and we've never really looked well maybe not never but we've never actually paid attention gone like my feet don't look like that we never asked ourselves a question like, why doesn't it look like that? So this is a really interesting take. I think this is something that is, you know, the three, four tips are super, super easy to do. Like there really isn't much to it. And this is a totally different way of going about things that, you know, does it mean it's necessarily going to work for everybody? No. Does it mean it's something you probably should be doing? Yes, because it's probably something that may come up later on down the road. But if there's a chance this works, why not do it? It's so simple. Why not do it? So simple. And anybody can do it, and you're not going to cause 
any more damage to yourself if you're cautious with moving. Absolutely. So for those of you out there who are listening, those of you watching on YouTube, the camera stopped. Sorry about that. We just noticed this now. Uh, So what I will do is I will put uh, a link on where you can go get some toe spreaders and where you can basically get a foot care kit and basically like a foot health kit. Uh, There's a company out in Ottawa, uh, Canada that kind of does this stuff and you can really grab some stuff off them and off their website. Couple things, I think it literally is not more than 25 bucks, something like that, 20 to 25 bucks for an entire bag of Mm -hmm. literally the entire kit to take care of your foot. So um, I'll put that link in the description so you guys can click on that, check them out. It's definitely, definitely worth it. You will not be sorry. And thank you again, Mark, for being here. I really appreciate you sticking around for a little bit longer to get this second one out. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we get to do this because I think it's I think everyone really probably got a lot from this because it was really interesting stuff with an insanely basic almost solution or, uh, you know, processes they could go about, you know, to get the results that, you know, you're talking about. So thank you again for being here. Yeah, I appreciate that. My pleasure. And if we want to field questions um, in the future, we Absolutely. can get up on a Skype episode. Yeah, and if you that. if you have some clients that want to do some questions like that, I'm totally open. Absolutely. To let's do that. So if anyone out there has any questions for Mark or myself, what we can do or anything that we discussed today, what I'll do is I will basically just kind of gather in all these questions and we'll set up a call for another episode, obviously. And I'll let everybody know what episode that is, get a kind of a, a preempt to it so everyone knows exactly what's going on. And we'll definitely get those answers, uh, those questions answered for you. And if any of you guys are watching on YouTube, if you're still watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, leave me a little comment, let me know what you guys think. For those of you listening on the podcast, thank you very much for lending us your ears for the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, And until the next time, guys, keep building your foundation. For more fitness tips, tricks, and ideas, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Bobak Owen. That's B-A-B-A-K-O-W-E-N. Music for the Foundation First Fitness Show provided by Beware of Darkness. You can find them on Spotify and iTunes.